2015, Brazil was actually the first country to report large outbreaks um, associated with Seneca virus. And then subsequently, numerous countries around the world, including the United States, Canada, um, have and China have have also reported outbreaks. And so it's it's not specific. It wasn't specific to Brazil um, per se. But that was when we started to see large numbers of of animals infected at a time. One of the trends that we thought was was unique or interesting was um, we would see a spike, so a rise in the number of cases in the late fall um, or late summer, early fall. Um, and that was, we saw that in 2015 when the disease first showed up. In 2016 it did the same thing. And then 2017 and 2018 it, it didn't follow the same pattern. So that was one unique factor that we thought maybe we could look at. Um, other diseases such as PERS will follow cyclical patterns, um, but Seneca virus doesn't seem to be following the same, same pattern. It, the virus is a picornavirus. It's a, it's a small, very small virus. Um, you know, if you compare it to other PD or um, influenza, right, those are larger viruses. This is small. It's non-enveloped, so that means it doesn't have a, a, a lipid or a fat covering on the outside of the virus, and so it makes it difficult to, to deactivate the virus. Um, other viruses like flu have, have an envelope on the outside, and so that's easily broken up by detergents, and, and Seneca virus doesn't do that. You need to kill it with bleach or... Um, accelerated hydroxide products. So it, it, it's a very hardy virus um, from, from that perspective. And then like, like we had mentioned, there, is, there are uh, characteristic um, groupings of these viruses in, in the contemporary strains um, by, by country of origin. Um, U.S. isolates tend to clump um, closer than say those of, of with themselves rather than say those from Brazil. Okay. Um, and there are you know, there, there has been changes over time when you're looking back at, at historical viruses as well. They're, they're not, you know, 100% similar. As a virus, in order to survive, they have to mutate um, kind of as a, as, a, as, a, as a rule. As a host becomes aware of the pathogen and, and develops immunity, it has to change to, to accommodate for that. Um, and so this virus has been changing over for as long as it's been in existence. Um, we have a lot of data over the last three years um, showing um, those, those changes. And then we can look back at smaller numbers of isolates going back to, like I said, 1988 was the first known isolate from a pig in the United States. So that's the oldest virus that we have. Um, so we don't have a lot of history to work with, but when you know, molecular epidemiologists look at the genetic code, they can try to piece together a, a, a proposed pathway or a timeline of when you might have seen um, viral changes. Mm -hmm. So Seneca virus, the concern that the industry has for the most part is the fact that it mimics transboundary diseases and it causes vesicles or blisters on, on pigs, adult pigs, neonatal pigs. Um, but one of the interesting features, so again, other transboundary diseases would be like foot and mouth disease. Some of those diseases have components of impact to, to young pigs, um, young animals. So foot and mouth disease can cause heart disease in, in young growing animals. And so the question is, does Seneca virus do the same thing? There are um, clinical reports of increased neonatal loss or, or death, pre-weaning death um, in the first week of life on farms that have been infected with Seneca virus. 
And so what I had done for the presentation was to kind of um, aggregate materials that had have been published uh, as far as uh, the clinical case reports. And so typically what, what we see in these affected piglets is, is lethargy, diarrhea. Um, they might not want to eat. And then sometimes there's just sudden death. And when we look at the, the piglets um, for specific lesions or, or characteristic findings that would say that this is Seneca virus, many times they're lacking. Other times they might just mimic other endemic diseases. Um, so one of the reported findings is mesocolonic edema. So that's fluid building up in the connective tissue between the loops of colon um, in the large intestine. And so that's not a characteristic finding to, to one particular disease. That might be an endemic clostridial infection, um, but we don't always necessarily find clostridium either. So many of the findings are not specific. Um, they're variable, and, and that's what makes it difficult. And so, you know, the, the consistent findings in, in these affected animals is they, they, they often have diarrhea. They're affected within the first week of, of life. Um, and it can be sporadic within the, the, the farm. You might have one litter that's affected and you have another one right next to it that's not. Um, so the, the predictability is, isn't the best. We were trying to experimentally reproduce the piglet um, problem, the, the neonatal loss. And so we had, in, had in infected pregnant sows right before they were supposed to farrow in the attempt to try to reproduce the disease to see if we could figure out what was causing it. Um, we know that those piglets the clinically affected piglets that are naturally um, natural cases, they're strongly positive. They have a lot of virus in their intestine as well as multiple tissues throughout the body. Um, and so we don't know if it's the virus that's, that's doing that or is it, or is it just a, a you know, byproduct of other commensal um, agents that can get in and, and, and cause, cause disease too. The best thing that for this disease and, and any disease, especially for you know, a sow farm where you have a lot of risk or exposure and, and you have the potential for loss um, in those young piglets is, is biosecurity. Um, we don't have a vaccine for Seneca virus and so the, the preventative measures are trying to keep it out of your farm in the first place. And so the preventative measures that are in place for the other endemic diseases, PERS, PED, those are all important factors, being careful about animals that you bring in being careful about the, the equipment, personnel, um, how you move through your facilities, those are all going to be important in preventing introduction into your herd. And then, you know, if, if it does become introduced into the herd, there are um, some protocols that have been tried as far as exposing everybody so you get a uniform immunity um, in the herd to try to prevent spread or, or a slow crawling of the virus through the, through the, through the herd. Um, especially for like the piglet side of things, we haven't been able to reproduce it under experimental conditions. So we're left wondering, are there other farm level factors that are the real problem, not necessarily Seneca virus by itself. And we don't, we don't know that. Um, as far as the understanding how the virus replicates, there's been some work done, um, even on the human side. Interestingly, this virus was, was first detected in a human um, cancer cell line and so the the virus was investigated or has been investigated as a as a immune immuno um, therapy for certain cancers um, and so the human side of of 
human medicine has done a lot of research in this on this particular virus and and looked at at how it replicates what its receptor is um, so there's a lot of, of um, kind of basic research that's been done on the human side that we could potentially tack on and